I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating and much more than that because we dive into the why, the why of why people do the things they do, why people behave the way they do and why people think the way they do. We recently wrapped up season 10. What? Yes, I cannot like, did believe you ever, it. <laughs> did you ever think when we had drinks that one night where we were like, oh, you know what would be a good idea? Let's do a podcast. Did you ever think we would enter no. into season 11? <laughs> you know what's crazy? Because we've been doing a lot of podcasts lately and just PR and news and stuff. And a lot of times it comes up, how did we meet? And we have our story. And it is mm-hmm. so crazy to think back to that night when we were just kind of shooting the shit and we're like, 
let's do a podcast and have all of our friends dial in. Like I barely knew what a podcast was at oh, that I time. Oh, I didn't either. And now we're experts? What? <laughs> People are asking us for advice? It was 2016. Podcasts really were not a thing back then, or at least like so talk true. show ones. It was very, you know, scientific, I feel like. They were all like very academic. Yeah, and investigative. Like crime yes. stories were still yep. really big back then. But now it's everything. Everyone has a podcast. It is true. Everyone and their mom literally has a podcast. And we welcome more because it just shows that this is a, a growing category. And the more podcasts we have, the better. It's like there's always room for others in this field. So I looked actually at some recent stats about different podcasts and different categories. And mm -hmm. how many podcasts do you think there are in the relationship space? If you were to guess. In the US? Yes, in the US. <sighs> I'm going to say uh, under 300. Oh, way more. 2,700. What? 2,700. And we are actually in the top 2% wow. of relationship podcasts. Oh my gosh, we're like the Harvard of <laughs> we're the Harvard of relationship podcast. That was a very my mom would be very proud of that. Oh my god. <laughs> Brene Brown Something is for my like mom. she's probably the Harvard. We're probably like, I don't know, maybe the Stanford. Ooh, <laughs> any Stanford listeners right now? They're so unhappy. <laughs> but anyway, regardless, we are in the Ivy Leagues of uh, podcasts, just saying, of relationship podcasts. But we also had this really interesting conversation recently, which was like, I don't really consider us a relationship podcast because we're, we're not talking about just relationship stories. And also, on the other hand, we're not just doling out relationship advice or dating advice. I feel like we're kind of investigative in some ways, not to the point of like, let's find out the origins of dick pics. But <laughs> you mean the like that Tinder podcast that we won't speak like of? Like that one podcast that we won't talk about. But we do, I think what makes this so wonderful for me and so rewarding is we are really getting to, into the why. And I think we've created this new podcast category for ourselves, like social dating <laughs> podcast. Or like dating Love culture. I kind of think of it as like culture-ish. Culture oh, but I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I do see us as a relationship podcast. There's so much more to relationships. Like if you actually look at the podcast in the relationship category, it's not just romantic relationships. It's about relationships mm. with yourself. It's about relationships mm. with others, with friends, with family, like workplace. Like it's not just you know, romance. And I think a lot of the skills that we teach are how to relate with others, no matter your stage of dating and relationships. Well, that's a very good point. Because when you think about relationship podcasts, I think about people in relationships yeah. doling out relationship advice. And it's not so much that. It's about how you relate to others and how you relate to society. That is also a relationship in itself. And I recently thought about this too, because someone in our Facebook group posted that article about the Asian girl who she refused to date Asian men for so long. Mm. And I remember, I mean, I read this article and I've read so many very similar articles. And I think in this time of as we're looking inward to how we relate to ourselves, and in light of what's happening with Black Lives Matter and looking at 
systemic racism. Systemic racism also happens in your own race Mm -hmm. with yourself. And I had this epiphany a few years ago that I was so self-loathing. And that's Mm. partly why I didn't date Asian men for so long. Not because of any of the reasons I cited in this terrible blog post I posted like (laughs) 10 years ago that I took down because I was so ashamed and embarrassed by it. But looking back, and I'm so glad this girl wrote this article too, it was all about how I related to myself. And I was just so self-loathing, so self-loathing of my own people. And that relationship, I really needed to work on before I entered into an actual healthy relationship. Well, I think that's why the dating space is so fascinating to many, even to people that are in relationships and have been married for Mm -hmm. years, is because there's so much self-evolution that happens through dating. I feel like dating is a magnifying glass of everything that's happening in your own life and to yourself. And what you just said, it's just bringing to surface some of your own challenges and your own limiting beliefs and your own thoughts. And there's a lot of psychology there. And of course, like when you're in a relationship, there's kind of like the next stage of how you manage conflict and all of that type of stuff. And how do you like get things to the next level? But I think dating, there's just so much self-growth that happens. And especially Mm -hmm. when you're dating so many people. And I think this is actually something that's great about serial dating is it really lets you hold that magnifying glass up to yourself in a really quick time period to really see where you need work. Like I know for me for years, like when I would stress about someone not texting me back or just get all in an angst after like one date with someone and it's like a step back Mm -hmm. of being like, okay, what is the underlying thing that's going on in my life that is causing me to put this much pressure Mm. and stress on it? Am I unhappy in another way? Do I feel like I'm not good enough? Like what is like the deep seated challenge that makes you kind of stress about the little things. Yeah, because I think as we get older, I definitely feel this, is that my mental capacity oh, is limited. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about <laughs> where, am I, where am I spending mental energy on? And if it's on that text, then why is it occupying so much of my mental capacity? Because I, it's so limited. <laughs> like I can only have so much energy to do so much in a day. Why am I dwelling on something that really does not matter in the grand scheme of things? So that's really part of the evolution too. And I think you brought up another great point, which is when you think about relationships, it's also in reference to other people. So you can work on yourself as much as you want, but you also have to work on yourself in relation to other people. That's how you grow too. I mean, we've said this before (laughs) on podcasts like that we've been on. I think there is an element of your own self that you need to get your house in order because you can't go into a relationship if you're not whole on your own, but it can't be forever. Like no one's perfect. Like you can't spend all this time getting to your perfect state and then expect to like magically find a relationship. It's kind Mm -hmm. of a hybrid of both. It's you need relationship experience to continue to be in relationships. I think though what's interesting, and I think I've told you this UA, but there was a period I remember I just got super attached to this guy and I really barely knew him. I think we went on like two dates I just like thought he was really good on paper. He was like really attractive. He worked in Google as like an engineer. So I just like, I don't, oh boy, oh, get the, you know, <laughs> the Silicon so Valley dream here. But, you know, at the time I was, you know, he had a lot of qualities I was looking for, mm-hmm. but uh, of course he ghosted me and I was mm. like, devastated. I remember being so upset about it. And then years later at a show we did, 
Do you remember this? We did one yes. of our shows and he was there as a guest. Yes. And I literally, like, he recognized me. I didn't even recognize him. And I honestly, to this day, I can't even tell you his name because I forgot his <laughs> name. Not that I don't, like, I first wouldn't put it out on air, but I also just have no idea what his name is, like, at all. And <laughs> I always cite this to people, though, as, like, a prime example that it's, like, we can't let these people that really have, are, like, a blip on our radar in our entire mm-hmm. life get to us this much like I think there is I think it's worth looking at like why are they doing this and bringing Mm -hmm. that back to yourself but I know for me like when I've been through like major heartbreak I just do not have the energy anymore for these like one to do one to two date people I just can't Mm -hmm. I like can't do it I'm like if I barely knew you I just can't extend the energy of even caring of course you can be disappointed no one's saying that you can't but it's Mm -hmm. putting it all in like relative perspective. Because in that mindset, you're thinking about winning and losing. Yes. When you've been ghosted, you feel like you've lost. And I had this conversation with a friend today who is very good friends with this guy who ghosts on women all the time. And so I was like, great, you know a ghoster. (laughs) Tell me, get to the bottom of why he does the things he does. And she's like, honestly, he is depressed. And so he would so what he would do, he would ramp up really fast with women and he would really fall for someone. And then his depression hits and he doesn't know how to communicate that. Mm. So then he chooses to just not communicate at all. So he's on the other side. He's a perpetrator. He's the one that's been ghosting women for years now. And he's seen as the bad guy. But he really just does not know how to control his depression at this moment. And unfortunately, it comes at random times in his life and sometimes very inopportune times. With that story, it made me think all those times that you thought someone didn't call you back Mm -hmm. or ghosted you or seemed like they weren't interested in you, you felt like you lost. You have no idea what they're going through. And instead of being so harsh on yourself and harsh on that person, send them some love. Send them your best. Just through the universe, you know, mental energy, and then move on because you don't know what's happening. I think a lot of times too, from my experience, I agree with you. It is usually never about you. I mean, maybe it is about you, but for the most part, if it's only been a couple dates, if they actually just aren't interested in you, probably they would say it. A lot of the times Mm -hmm. it really is about them and what's going on in their lives. I know for me, a couple of the people that have ghosted me, I found out later that that they got into relationships shortly after. Yes. So what I think was happening is I was probably there around the same time as whoever they're in the relationship with now. They didn't want to close the door on me by saying Mm -hmm. like, nope, I'm not interested or whatever, because they didn't know what was fully happening in that situation. So Mm -hmm. in their minds, it's easier just to kind of like ghost and fade out a little and then, you know, Mm -hmm. have that in the back burner. UA knows one. (laughs) This is still one of my favorite stories if I can reveal (laughs) it. But I had... um, I had gone on like the best date. I just remember thinking it was, you know, just we had like such a good connection. You were so attractive. Oh, yeah, we talked just, we talked, we were there for like three hours. We talked about just like deep level shit. Like I thought this was like mm-hmm. gonna be something. The next day he texts me, we're chatting away. That night at the date, he asked like when we were gonna go out again. We set a time. So this was, mm-hmm. we made out, like this was like happening. This wasn't just. I thought maybe I was, it was one-sided. Right. It felt very mutual, I guess. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he was just gone from my bumble. Poof. And then we had a date set up. And I reached out like on that, just that weekend, just being like, how's your weekend going or something. 
after we'd again talked nothing and then the dates rolling around and it's like nothing nothing i've reached out a couple times at this point being like is this still on so investigative ua gets on there and she's like i'm gonna find him i'm gonna find this guy on bubble and i'm like how are you gonna find him in the millions of people and she did i show found him (laughs) you found him in like 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to Catch a Ghost. You know that show, To Catch a Predator? Yeah. No, UA is on a show called To Catch a Ghost because that is my life mission here. <laughs> I created a fake profile. <laughs> I swiped through for like hours. You would send me photos. You're like, is this him? Is this him? Because <laughs> like, kids, I had nothing else better to do. And I was like, I got to find, I got to, I got to find revenge somehow. And I found him. He was, um, you know, it was like probably two or two or three hours into swiping, but I found him. We matched mm-hmm. and we messaged back and forth and I could see how many miles he was away from me. So I could see that he was home at the time he messaged me. <laughs> so so every day I would, I would give Julie updates. I'm like, I now he's closer to me. I think he's close to work or he's at work. Because <laughs> I thought something happened to him. Like I legit right, he was thought still, something no, happened to no. him. Nope, he was The fine. man was alive. He, he was, was responding alive to the fake well. profile. Yep. responding to the fake profile we had some sort of connection and then it got to the point where i was like i'm gonna ask him out if he's not gonna ask me out i did and he never messaged me back either and then you found out something yeah i found out he was in a relationship but you 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 thought he was gonna be in a relationship you had a sixth sense on that because you knew your profile would have lured him in a normal context Honey, I, I, knew, I, everybody out there, if you ever need a, a, a catch a ghost, be careful what you ask for right here. <laughs> I have the perfect profile to catch any ghost out there. She's just ambiguous and just attractive enough <sighs> to get anybody. Oh my god, I needed this laugh. I feel like this weekend was like I was telling you earlier. I feel like this weekend was yeah. like a little tough, just in general. Yeah. I don't know if other people are feeling that too. Like I just. I don't know. I feel like especially growing up in Boston, 4th of July was always like a really big Mm. holiday because it was really warm. And I remember just going to like all these 4th of July parties all the time. And I think over the years, it hasn't been as big of holiday for me, but it's usually one that I'll like go to Tahoe with friends or do something. And I just feel like this year was definitely a combination of many, obviously. I think one, like cases are rising. So I was like a little timid to even do much in general, but also everything was canceled. And then also just the state of our country right now. I'm like, I don't really feel oh like God. being like, hurrah, America. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to go on too much of a rant there, but just like, it just, you know, it didn't feel the same as normal. It's so bad right now. And I like LA, what the fuck are you guys doing in LA? Can someone please in LA answer me? Like, what is happening? Why are your numbers so much worse than the rest of the country? I do not understand what is happening there. I, I feel like... I agree. This weekend was really rough. So my boyfriend and I went to one of his friend's houses to go in their backyard, which is like, oh my gosh, you have a backyard. It's amazing. But we all stayed six feet apart. And we were trying to have like a birthday thing. His friend's turning 40. But we couldn't, he couldn't have that many people over. There were just very few of us. Mm. And then we were talking about food. And there was just absolutely no, there's no kind of food out there that is shareable and safe. So we all ended up ordering our own food. How weird is that? We brought our own beers, 
and ordered our own food <laughs> and stayed in our own corners. It was just not festive at all. I did go to a restaurant this weekend. I had, I did, I did. I went to an outdoor bar and a restaurant. And I feel like because I hadn't gone in so long, like the friends I were with were like, let's just order everything, you know? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, take ball my in. You know? <laughs> Like take another bottle of wine, bring it around. <laughs> Right? And you like tip really well. Yeah, I'm like, you're like, you've been unemployed for so long. Right. And it's like, we it's literally haven't gone to a restaurant in four months. So it's, yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun to be back doing it's stuff like that. But it definitely, yeah, I mean, I'm adjusting to some of that stuff. I think it's just seeing the stuff in the news. Like, there was this article about this guy that knew he had COVID, yet, like, went out to Fire Island in New York and was, like, raging all weekend. I'm like, why? Like, this is what's going to keep it going. So we'll get off the soapbox. But, yeah, hopefully other people, um, I don't know. Like, for me, I'm like, hopefully I can just, like, put this weekend behind and move forward. But, yeah, it definitely had a little bit of a sour taste for me, at least. I had a, a highlight to my weekend. I texted you about it. I was at <laughs> Ranch 99 where all the good Asians go for their grocery shopping with my mask on and like basically my pajamas thinking <laughs> nobody would ever recognize me, see me, thank goodness, right? And this lovely woman comes up to me very far away. She's six to six feet away from me. Don't worry. She's like, excuse me, are you UA from the Dateable Podcast? And I'm like, yes, I don't know how you recognize me. And he's like, I reckon she's like, like, I recognize your boyfriend first. And then I saw oh, you. Yeah. And she's like, I'm Linda from Bay Area Date Guide, which oh. is a, an Instagram um, uh, account that we follow. And I'm like, you are the person behind Bay Area Date Guide. And we had a bonding moment. It was so great because we were able to just connect and talk about the podcast and also like be in this aisle of all this Chinese sauce that I was trying to figure out what I need to get. It was it was a beautiful moment. And I was like, you totally made my day. And in fact, she made my weekend. So thank you. Oh, Linda, you did that. text me. You were very excited. And <laughs> I do remember very... her from the show that we did before shit hit the fan in December. So yes. Yeah. Yes. She's a lovely, lovely woman and definitely go follow Aww. her Instagram, Bay Area Date Guide. The best part was I didn't tell you afterwards because I felt like I had superpowers with my mask on because sometimes you're like you know you have a mask on you can't really embarrass yourself so after i had that exchange with her i come out and i see this guy that looks familiar normally i wouldn't say anything but i i felt like i had a superpower so i went up to him i was like tony and he's like nope <laughs> i'm like yeah okay cool Bye. Oh, it just made, it made me think <laughs> that I actually ran into one of the members of our Facebook group that hosted what, oh, the yeah, other night right. last week. at um, And I was wearing my mask and she came up to me and I'm like, oh, someone recognized me at my mask. It's but, a great feeling, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But anyways, I feel like we hit season finale, but we have a lot of really good stuff in store for the off season. We definitely want to keep the momentum going. We have a lot of real new listeners that have come in recently. So welcome everyone that's new. Mm-hmm. And of course, the ones that have been with us from the start, we love you and glad that you're still here. But we're excited to just kind of go through some of the trends and some of the stuff we've been experiencing of how dating is going to change with COVID and also Mm -hmm. rerun some of the podcasts that we were on that we talked about this as well. So you can hear from other podcast hosts. So much fun. But don't get us wrong. We're still, we are, we've already started recording for season 11. So (laughs) a lot in store for you all, but we're also looking for guests. Yes. 
So um, definitely hit us up on that. But before we get to our episode, I do want to thank our sponsor. I feel like this is our longest running sponsor oh, yeah. slash relationship <laughs> slash uh, sp- uh, like sponsor in terms of sponsoring my feelings. <laughs> uh, BetterHelp, thank you so much for being our sponsor for this episode. In these unprecedented times, some of us, actually most of us may be experiencing some challenging feelings. For me, it's been feelings of helplessness. You guys know I have this anxiousness that I've been trying to get rid of. And knowing that working on your mental health is really important right now. So I'm very thankful I've been working with BetterHelp, who've ensured me that I'm not alone in this. BetterHelp offers online counseling with professional, credible, and compassionate therapists in a safe and private environment. With 3,000 U.S. licensed professionals across 50 states, they make it easier than ever to find help. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Wow. Yeah, I know. Now for Dateable listeners only, you get 10% off your first month with the code Dateable. Get started today by going to betterhelp.com slash Dateable. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Just simply fill out a questionnaire to assess your needs and get matched with a suitable counselor. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Dateable and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 10% off your first month. Love it. I love BetterHelp so much. Just cannot we speak. Love I do. <laughs> Another thing I love is how many reviews and ratings we've gotten from you all. Yes. Like seriously, it has really helped. Like we were talking about earlier being in the top 2%. That's what has helped us get there. Like we've seen noticeable differences in the Apple charts because of that. So if you haven't let us left us a rating yet, it literally takes two seconds. Just go into Apple and hit five stars. And yeah, hopefully you can do that if you feel like we deserve five stars. So thanks again for everyone that has done that. I was listening to our friend Kat Harris's podcast, The Refined Collective, and in her intro, she says, even Oprah asked for reviews <laughs> in her <laughs> podcast, so I can ask for reviews too. So there, I'm going to use the same line. Even I Oprah know. does the same thing. <laughs> I felt like annoying about it, and I talked to one of the members at our Facebook group, and she's like, no, everyone does this. Like, don't feel annoying, because I think it is that no one ever thinks to leave a review unless it's something is really bad, right? Totally, yes. So mm-hmm. it's really just not yeah it's not top of mind so again I think also people don't really understand how much it really does help podcasts grow and it helps us mm-hmm. I think you you've said it really well like it helps us when we reach out to guests and they they look at it and they're like do I want to take an hour of my time especially the more high profile guests we get taking an hour of time is actually asking for quite a lot. So we want to ensure them that one, we are a reputable podcast. And two, there's people that are like you all that are going to really listen and enjoy their content. And in addition to reviews, tell a friend. I was talking to my good friend today who's married and she absolutely loved our last episode, by the way. The open letter to shitty husbands. (laughs) And she shared it with another friend of hers, not to complain about their husbands, but more just to really open up the conversation that is so uncomfortable for people to have in relationships. So she's been listening with her friends and it really helps too, because if you have another friend that you think could benefit from our our podcast, that's a great talking point for you too. So definitely tell a friend. We love it. Love Let's it. get more people into the dateable family. And then our last ask is to follow us on Instagram. 
Instagram, at Dateable Podcast. <laughs> this is our biggest social channel outside of the Facebook group. And of course, you can find us there too. But we'd love for you. We take a lot of time to put together some nice stories, pull some funny quotes. So we can kind of just give you like that little smile that you need on a daily basis right now. Because I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm trying to get it from wherever I can right now. <laughs> <laughs> All different sides. This last week, we posted a Would You Rather and the question was, would you rather find out how long you and your partner will last or how long your partner will live for? Mm. And the results came in and it was overwhelmingly the majority said they rather find out how long the relationship will last instead of how long their partner will survive. Wow. <laughs> so they were, they were on the same page as you, Julie. Got it. So before we go into our episode for today, do you have another would you rather for me? I do have oh, another one. Okay, let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah, okay, you want okay. Let's do it. I thought of a few more, but I, I I'll ask you this one. This might be this might be interesting. Okay. Would you rather date someone who's had a lot of relationship experience that and comes with a lot of baggage? Mm. Or someone who has very limited relationship experience and comes with very limited baggage. Oh, this is such a tough one. It actually is super real. I feel like this is dating very today. Real. It's like you either get someone that's been through the ringer, they maybe are divorced, coming back onto the dating scene, or you have maybe people, have kids. Yeah, yeah, or have kids or people that really have just not put dating on the forefront. Like we focused mm-hmm. more on careers and other things. Um This is tough because I feel like my initial gut would say someone that has had more relationship history, but actually Mm -hmm. after listening to the episode we did relationships, are you sure you want one? I think (laughs) I might actually swing the other side because their point was... First of all, no two relationships are the same anyways. Right. So it actually probably doesn't matter. It really probably just depends on the person in the real like in the reality. And mm-hmm. I think what they were saying too is if you have a blank slate, you can kind of create whatever you want. It's like if you think about mm. it as I don't know, I'm doing a lot of painting lately, so I'm thinking about painting, but like if you have yeah, the layers. a layer of just shit. I don't know. I made some really bad paintings this weekend. Also, I realized this is not my strong suit. Please share. <laughs> Please share on Instagram. I'm going to get better, I promise. But I'm looking at one right now and I'm like, this one's going to be hard to fix because it's just, <laughs> it looks like shit right now. And I'm not saying that everyone with baggage that looks is like an shit. Incentive, but... <laughs> incentive for people to follow us on Instagram just to see how shitty Julie's paintings are. I'm going to keep painting so I can post the shitty paintings to get Instagram followers. <laughs> <laughs> but um i was gonna say like if when you have the clean slate you can kind of or the clean canvas you can kind of just create whatever you want so again i personally actually i know i have to choose one because that's the game but i would probably yes. choose i would probably say it doesn't matter either way and it really just depends on the person but because you said this first person has a lot of baggage i would say i would choose the person that maybe has no baggage and just is fresher greener mm. What about you? I would say the person without relationship experience probably doesn't have relationship baggage, but has other Mm. baggage that they would need to deal with, which is why they haven't been in relationships or haven't had that much relationship experience. You all know I love married. I love married. No, that's not. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't can't believe I almost said that. I love married men, y'all. That's my thing. (laughs) They have so much baggage. It's amazing. (laughs) It's called a commitment to another woman. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it when they're unavailable. This is how rumors weird. get started um, right now, UA, from right, your own mouth. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. Someone takes this so like, bite. I heard it's it just from like, UA herself. <laughs> it's like just playing on loop. I love married men. I love married men. I love married men. You're a meme. I love divorced men. My current boyfriend is divorced. It's uh, That's not a secret for anyone because I feel like they've been through it all. And I feel like the women before me are fluffers. They're mm-hmm. relationship fluffers to prep him for this relationship with me. And I really appreciate that. That's not to say he doesn't come with baggage. He absolutely comes with baggage. And so do I. So to me, I feel like I like someone who's been through it. Yeah, it's they know they kind of can like pinpoint, oh, I remember going through this issue with my ex, or I remember encountering this challenge with my previous relationship. And then they have made hopefully it has to be someone who's a little evolved right. from their last relationship, hopefully have the tools to address these issues. Not to say people without relationships don't have the tools. It's just they haven't had much practice. Yeah. I mean, That's it's it. such a hard one because I think it's so probably down to the individual. But, for sure. But yeah, I think both for the, perspectives. For the sake of the game. For the sake of the game, <laughs> I'm glad that we actually both had differing opinions because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there is no right answer to this one. <laughs> you know, uh, my fr- so I saw my friend Hai Ching and she said, you and Julie actually have pretty different perspectives. And I was like, good. That is that is a really good thing. Because for yeah. a long time, we were worried that we had the same perspective. Interesting. But she, yeah, she really felt like we have different perspectives. So that's great. Did she call out <laughs> one specifically? I'm curious. Not sp- specifically, but she's like, you know, just for the virtue of you being in a relationship and you being single, mm-hmm. it's already two yeah. fresh perspectives. But sometimes the way we look at um, some of these episodes, like the stories, we offer different perspectives too. That's good. I think that's so even yay. long-term more important because, you know, relationship ch- relationships change as we've seen over the last five years. So <laughs> They sure do. But as relationships change, so does dating. And dating has certainly changed during COVID and during quarantine. And we've we realize we keep getting invited to go on other people's podcasts to talk about dating trends during mm-hmm. COVID that we've actually never talked about them on our on our own podcast. Right. So we're gonna take this bonus episode to talk about some of the the top six dating trends that we're seeing in COVID, especially now we're entering into what I'm I would call phase two. <laughs> we might have sprinkled them into episodes, but you're right. We haven't had like one episode dedicated to it dedicated. where this is where it will come. And hopefully this will help people navigate during this time because I think there's a lot of challenges, but there's also a lot of good that could come out of it. I I think we all can't forget that and have amnesia that dating was not perfect before COVID. So yeah, yeah, let's, let's use what we got and see how we can create the dating lives we want. So should should I kick it off? Kick it off. I'll do. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You've all heard me talk about the sober first kiss. This is something I've been championing for a long time, even before COVID. I really believe that you can gauge chemistry through a sober first kiss. But in this day and age, it's very hard to do so except for quarantine time. (laughs) So I talked to a friend today. She's like, I hiked 16 miles last week just to go on dates. I'm like, yeah, girl, because that's all you can do these days. Right. Even getting there is like a two mile walk. (laughs) (laughs) She's 
she's like, I'm so tired of hiking, but I, I got to keep dating. <laughs> it's amazing. But it, it goes into this idea that I think what's coming out of quarantine is that people are going on these more sober dates, mm-hmm. hikes and socially distanced picnics, which is great. And so that f- sober first, that first kiss has a higher chance of being sober. In fact, I talked to our friend Kethan. He said he had his first sober first oh. kiss with his first quarantine girl that he met um, during quarantine. So Love it. he said it was very special for both Aww. of them because they had to get consent, of course. And they also had to ask each other the, those uncomfortable questions. Have you kissed someone else right. in the last you know few months? And have you been tested for COVID? Like all those things had to come out, but it just made that first kiss really special. So I think he is. it was a very memorable kiss for him. And even if you're not like dead sober, the odds of being like sloppy <laughs> drunk are probably a little lower than what True. you used to be. Because even if you have like a bottle of wine in the park, you're not like at a bar where it's True. just so accessible. I don't know. I used to be the queen of drunken makeouts. Like I used to do. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we know it? (laughs) I definitely got a little bit of an MO from friends on that one. But I think it will make us more selective of who we kiss by far. Mm. And kissing will have a lot more meaning. I think we've heard of so many dates where it ends in the kiss and then you just never hear from them again. And you're like, wait, didn't we kiss? Didn't I mean, I just shared a story earlier, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. why isn't it translating? But I think we took it for granted before. And it was just kind of like one of those things you did on a date. And you may not have felt anything for that person, but you're like, why not? But that won't happen anymore. I mean, unfortunately, for the longest time, we were all the Oprahs of kissing. We were just giving away kisses to anybody. You get a kiss, you you get a kiss. (laughs) Everybody gets a kiss and you forget who you kissed. But I remember having a sober first kiss when I was single and realizing how lips felt because mm. you know sometimes you just kiss so many people when you're drunk and you like forget to be present in the moment to feel a kiss I like when was the last time you felt a kiss yeah. and that was really special to be like oh my gosh lips feel like this and then you have to do tilt your head like <laughs> this just be more present it's probably a better way to gauge actual chemistry too for sure. And not just, I mean, you've been preaching sober first kiss long before COVID-19. So. Ever. I know. And I don't even practice what I preach, but now I will. Well, now I, not well. really, but you know, in theory, in theory, as I drink my spritz, in theory, I will practice a sober first kiss. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's definitely going to change dating and just like what we do on dates. And I feel like just date attire, how you show up, like all of that is going to be mm-hmm. different. Like I remember just wearing these like cute dresses to dates and like I can't even fathom that right now. So, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. What's a dress? And we talked about too, it's like we'll fold this one into this trend, but I think more and more dates are going to start on video and then progress into these socially distanced dates and hopefully have the opportunity for that sober first kiss. If all goes as well, right? Yeah, or a virtual first kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I've totally kidding. done Please like don't. the kiss through the phone, you know. Have you through the not phone? Like making oh out with the about like making out with the phone. It's just like the below the kiss, you know. It's kind of sweet. <laughs> I didn't know you were so cheesy. Okay, next. <laughs> All right. Oh, I guess the next one that I can think of is. You know, we thought that Me Too was going to kill fuckboys, but I think COVID has really destroyed fuckboys. 
Let's take a moment for our sponsor, Generation Tux. While during this time, many plans are being postponed, especially the big day for some, we still want to pass along this great offer from Generation Tux. For all you men out there who are planning your special day, Generation Tux takes away the headache of finding you the perfect tux. You simply create your look online, including your groom's party, and everything arrives within 14 days of your big day at your doorstep. With Generation Tux, you can even earn a free suit or a tuxedo rental with five paid members. Generation Tux offers free home try-on program for grooms. You can also get free swatches delivered straight to your door. And after the big event, you just put everything back in the box and use a prepaid label to drop off at UPS. So take note of this, free shipping, free swatches, free home try-on. Now you can save time and money with Generation Tux. Check out generationtux.com dateable and use the promo code dateable for 10% off your entire groom's party. Again, that's generationtux.com dateable and check out with the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Now back to this episode. You know, we thought that Me Too was going to kill fuckboys, but I think COVID has really destroyed fuckboys. Like, it's mm. really hard to be a fuckboy during this time. You can't send that you up text anymore. You can't just hit mm-hmm. someone up at, like, midnight when you've been out all day and partying with the boys or whatever. Like, that just doesn't happen anymore. We mm-hmm. hear of all these people getting these, like, Zoom serenades and these, like, really romantic gestures. We had someone on our podcast where the guy, like, picked her flower hours on his hike and like sent the virtual bouquet Mm. it's like you just can't do the bare minimum anymore so fuck boys are canceled like fuck boys are done from covid i also learned another thing is that julie loves saying fuck boys that's her (laughs) she's all about timelines and fuck boys if you need to take away two things about julie on this podcast it's timelines and fuck boys and if you can put them in the same sentence you are her soulmate there's something edgy just saying fuck boys (laughs) it just gets a reaction every time but you're right i do love a good timeline and i i don't love a good fuck boy but i love saying fuck boys You know, I I agree with you. I think the Me Too movement gave fuckboys a concussion and and COVID has made sure that they never wake up from their concussion. Fuckboys are so over. I feel like I've had girlfriends tell me about just they just roll their eyes at some of these texts now, like back in the back before COVID, you know, pre-COVID days, they would be looking at these texts being asking me for advice. Should I respond back? What should I say? Does is he interested? Nowadays, they just show me a text. They're like, are you fucking kidding me like delete block no thank you and next so yes i think also covid has put a lot in perspective too especially Mm -hmm. when this fuck boy that was hitting you up all the time when you were quarantined was like crickets right right (laughs) it's really transparent when they come back and it's obvious Mm -hmm. that they don't really give a fuck how you're doing and it's just that they want to get laid because they've been quarantined for three months so it's not that fuck boys don't exist anymore they certainly do but i think our bs meters are a little higher especially if you're someone that's looking for a relationship and not just a hookup i think before they could kind of merge in a little and it was sometimes Mm -hmm. hard to like to sever your feelings between i know this person might be bad but i'm just gonna do it anyways we're now there's also like a lot more at stake by going there especially if you know that they're like hooking up with a bunch of people who wants to do that right i think it used to be it was like cool if you could 
transform a fuck yeah. boy. You know, that was a that was a goal. There were your project. Dream. Nowadays, like you don't even want to deal no. with a fuck boy. That's that's the difference. They still exist. It's just people don't want to deal with them. Like right. we have better things yourself, to do. Fuck boy. <laughs> we got protests <laughs> yeah. to go to. <laughs> yeah. Economy is collapsing. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going up. <laughs> yeah. BCW, have you looked at the numbers? <laughs> Thanks, fuck boy. <laughs> we don't need fuck boys. <laughs> no, no more fuck boys. Thank you. Next. And then another trend we've been seeing is this one applies to me so much is couples are either sinking or they're swimming and full disclosure this has been a really tough time for my relationship not in not in terms of oh my gosh it's like really on the rocks but we've had so many really hard conversations and I'm so glad we are having these Mm. conversations but I can totally see that if we didn't if two people currently in a relationship during covid didn't if one person was not down to have these conversations or to fight for the relationship then it'd be it'd be over i think i'm getting texts like on at least a weekly basis of someone who's saying something about getting a divorce Mm. or leaving their boyfriend or husband or wife or whatever i'm getting these messages and i'm trying to talk them off the ledge but at the same time Two people have to be in it to fight it. And if two people aren't both in it, then you got to just let it go. And unfortunately, that we are seeing that happening. There was this misconception that quarantine was going to yield a bunch of quarantine babies. That's actually not true. They're seeing that there's actually less pregnancies mm. through quarantine because I think couples are so stressed right yeah. now and they're more concerned about working through their relationships than, you know, creating children so that's good that that's a good thing i think that we're being responsible but for couples we totally get it uh a lot of my friends have told me this has been a really tough time i'm in the same boat as you but keep fighting and make sure that as as long as both people are willing to fight for the relationship you are on the right path I think also before it was so easy to distract yourself and to sweep the issues under the rug. Like you're like, oh, let's go out and get drinks or do dinner. And Mm -hmm. we don't need to sit and talk about the hard stuff. And I think it's forced people to have those conversations. And like you said, for better or for worse. And while it's unfortunate if things end, is it actually better in the scheme of things than having it drag on for more years if it really, right. like you just can't communicate and you can't have those difficult conversations? Yes. I always think about the story I told you about my friend who had to decide if he was going to go into quarantine with his girlfriend. And that was his waking moment right. of saying, I don't want to spend every day with this person. Imagine if quarantine didn't happen and they just kept going with a relationship for another year or two. Oh, totally. That is terrible. So I'm glad that this situation, as as unfortunate as it is, it is forcing couples to face the music in many ways. And it's just getting more real by the day. Yeah, I think another trend that kind of plays into that in a different way is this trend of resurrection of the ex. (laughs) I know this has happened to me (laughs) a lot over quarantine and it's happened to other people. Um, I've shared this on the podcast, but I've used a lot of quarantine to figure out a past relationship of mine, which actually I think was, it was kind of similar to what you were just saying. Like it did force us to have the conversations and really slow down. And especially because initially we weren't quarantining together. We were just doing a lot of phone calls and just video and, Mm. you know, 
And I think taking the physical out was actually really good for us. It was able to bring up a lot of these hard conversations that we needed to happen or we needed mm-hmm. to have. And I think also, though, I'm not the only person that has had an ex come back and is ironic yep. too, as as soon as this ex and I decided that we weren't going to pursue a relationship, my other ex hit me up yes. to, to just, you know, catch up, do a video call. We did, we did do a video call this week and it was nice to catch up. I wouldn't say that we're like pursuing anything, but it was nice to just catch up. And I think that's where I'm going with this. It doesn't necessarily need to be the ex becomes like a full blown relationship like my first one was. I think people are just lonely right now. And it's hard to necessarily pick up new people like while people are definitely dating and meeting new people right now. It's not for everyone. And I get it. Like when I was talking to my second ex on Monday, he was like, (laughs) literally my worst nightmare is doing a video date with someone I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I get it. I get it. And it's not for everyone. And I think there's something reassuring by talking to someone from your past. And that's why people have seen them come up. And we've heard stories too, where it's been great in the sense like my situation where it reopened a relationship, but then we've heard other stories where it's been a bit toxic and the mm-hmm. patterns came back really fast and it wasn't like, we're going to try at this. It was like, oh, I'm now being used by this person again. So it's one of those things that it can't, you can't be blindsided by COVID. Like when I was looking at my whole situation, right. I remember my brother gave me really good advice and was like, try to separate your ex from COVID. Like, would you still mm-hmm. want to pursue this if COVID wasn't happening right now right. versus like you're just lonely? So, yeah. And that that same advice from your brother also applies to just false intimacy in general. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be an ex, but could just be someone that you feel like you're really connecting with. And sometimes it's hard to separate loneliness from a connection. And we're seeing that a lot of that with our listeners too. It's you come out of quarantine and then you meet up with someone you have high hopes. And then for some reason, there's no attraction mm-hmm. or there's no chemistry. And it's just one big pile of disappointment when you get to meet them in person. But also kind of expect that that could happen. Yeah, because our feelings are so heightened during this time. So your sense of intimacy is also very much heightened. So it's easier said than done, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can be like separate the logical side of you from the emotional side of you. Well, it doesn't really work like that. You can't just like divvy them up, but at least recognize that that is a possibility. Right. And we've said too, it's hard right now, because a lot of some people just aren't working right now. They have a lot of free time. And then also, even if you are working, you're probably not seeing friends at the same level that you once were and you don't have your like exercise classes and your routine. Mm-hmm. So it just brings a lot more time. And that can be great. It can help relationships get off the ground. But it also, again, to this false intimacy, like you could potentially spend eight hours talking to someone on the phone and they may never talk to you again. And it's because they just had eight hours to do nothing. And this was better than watching right. Netflix. So it's really hard right. to figure that out. So our advice is been to try to maintain your life as much as possible and bring new people in like the capacity you would have done before maybe be a little more open than before just because we are given this gift but don't be so open that you know this new person just like totally takes over your entire life 
Absolutely. That applies to even after quarantine. Yes. Like, don't let someone consume your whole life. And we should just stop creating these stories about people before you meet them. Like, we have these ideas and images of what this person will be like. Even through video, you don't get the full image. So keep an open mind still. It's still a blank slate. It could could still be a shitty painting, but you never know. (laughs) Gotta go back to my shitty paintings. (laughs) (laughs) You got to just layer on the paint. Layer it on. Uh, Another trend that we've been seeing is, and I think this is a lovely trend, is that there are now no more taboo topics to Mm. talk about with virtual dating because everyone's trying to connect. And because all the physical distractions are removed, the bartender, the drinks, the atmosphere, that's all removed from a date. All you have is, is each other. People are having deeper and more thoughtful conversations and Now, nothing is off the table. Let's talk about everything. And especially, and I love this, with Black Lives Matter, people are now putting that at the forefront of their conversations. Is this something you believe in? Do you believe in systemic racism? If you don't, like, let's move on. Swipe left. I feel like it's in profiles. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's great that people are having these what a, what would have been taboo topics back in the day. Remember those etiquette teachers that were like, (laughs) Don't talk about politics, religion, sex. Just don't talk about it. Now it's like, let's talk about that first. So that is wonderful. This is a great way for, I think everyone's feeling themselves out on how they can connect with other people and how they can build a deeper connection. What we're hearing more and more is that, I, I hear this all the time, quote, we had a really deep conversation last night. We got so deep that I was telling him things that I haven't even told my best friend. Wow. Like I, I keep hearing stuff like that. And that's fantastic. People are definitely diving in and they're accelerating these conversations. But be careful of false intimacy just because you revealed that secret you've never told your best friend does not mean that this is your one and only soulmate. Oh, it's such a tough line to balance because I it totally is. get it. It's it like, is. I mean, my my take is it's better to put out more and just have it not work out than know that you didn't try enough. So as long as you're keeping that in mind. But I think this whole thing about politics, especially right now, one, how can yes. you not talk about it? It's so just in the forefront, <sighs> especially even COVID is all back to politics and black lives. Don't be tone deaf. Yeah. And like black lives matter right now. What a good way to see people's values and like what they Mm -hmm. stand for. And if they're trying to get better and like how the like self growth, like you can see so much from someone from just how Mm -hmm. they relate to all that's happening. And I think like finding someone that has similar values, that can be really hard on dating apps when you don't get enough time to meet them. And this helps fast track that like you can find out pretty quickly, like especially I think even like your propensity to wear a mask says so much about your values. Yes, yes. So yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a good thing. We've been talking about it for a while of how, you know, people talk about sex and exes and politics and religion on dates. And now it's just, you know, it's amplified. You can only do date review for <sighs> so long. Right? The date reviews don't work. <laughs> I think the date reviews have gone away like fuckboys. I think fuckboys yeah. and date reviews can shoo themselves <laughs> away because they just don't serve anything anymore. After you've had one date review over Zoom, you're like, I might as well just go on a job interview. This is oh like God. not serving me. I can't even at imagine all. doing a date review right now. Like I feel like I'm so. so drained from video calls to get on a call that feels like a work call would be like, you know, just terrible. 
Yeah, yeah. Please, please don't. (laughs) So then our last trend that we're seeing is I think this is the time where people are really going to figure out what matters to them. It's been a time of self-love. I think that's been clear, like especially if you've been quarantined alone, you've had a lot of time with yourself. And even if you haven't been quarantined alone, like with a partner, you've kind of been able to hash some of that stuff out of what a relationship means to you and your partner. And if you live with roommates, you've probably had your own time for self-reflection too. And I think a lot of people have come out of this really clear about what they want. One of our most popular episodes this season was relationship. Are you sure you want one? And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people are questioning it. I think there's two sides to the coin here. I think on one side, this COVID has shown us that life is short and relationships really are what matters in life. Like at the end of the day, you know, doing that one last work project is really not going to probably make or break your life versus having Mm -hmm. that person that just loves you through thick and thin. So I think that piece is has shown a lot of light with COVID. But then on the flip side is we hear of all these people that are really struggling right now, either in relationships or with children, balancing that with work. And there's something nice about being like, you know, I can support myself, I'm happy with myself, and maybe I don't want a relationship. And I don't think either one is right or wrong, but I do think this time is giving people a lot of clarity into what their priorities are. And what your priority is now doesn't mean it has to be that in a year or six months or whatever, but it's giving a lot of just, I think before people were just very confused because of all the paths they could take, where now there's a bit more direction. Yes, absolutely. And it's a great time to think about it. You're like asking yourself all the questions that you've asked yourself in passing, but you never spent the time to actually stop and answer yourself. So this question of, do I actually want a relationship? Am I ready for a relationship? What kind of relationship do I ideally want to have? Those are all questions that you should be asking yourself. And it's also a good time to shush out society and what society is telling you to do. I think for so long, like I think especially in San Francisco, there was kind of a lot of pressure to be on this train of unconventional, non-traditional relationships. So everyone's kind of trying it out Mm. and seeing if it was for them. We actually had uh, talked to someone who was on that train and then went back to traditional relationships because she's like, I realize I just don't want to be pressured Mm -hmm. into doing something non-traditional. And this is a great time to think aside from what everybody else is doing, what the trends are, what do I ultimately want? Whether it's traditional or untraditional, traditional, it's for me. And it doesn't have to have a label on it at all. Absolutely. And I think for anyone that hasn't listened to one of our last episodes with Minji, I Date Me First. That one I think was one of my favorite episodes of all time. Because I mean, one, I just related so hard because I've been there before, like outside of quarantine of just going through that like brutal breakup that really makes you confront yourself and really get Mm -hmm. to the root of what like taking ownership for your own actions and not just blame the other person, but also taking that time to figure out what is it that you really want. And I think it's Mm -hmm. also relatable to anyone, even if they're not going through a breakup, but just has been alone with themselves for the first time. Like I know for myself, I did this like alone work a long time ago because I was in that situation and it was really brutal. And 
it actually really prepared me for now because I don't think it was as big of a jolt if I hadn't done it. So I know for me, like it was super helpful to journal and to really get it out of like, what is it that I want? Like what is important? There's, we had a past guest, um, Amy Spencer from Finding Your Half Orange and her Mm -hmm. book, I highly recommend. I would literally take her book and bring it to like, um, it was a spa back in the day when you can go to spas, but now you can bring it to parks. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> oh, I miss spas so much. <laughs> I miss spas. <laughs> what do you miss the most? Spas. <laughs> but you could bring it to a park. And I remember there was just like a lot of visualization exercises of what is, you know, a perfect day for you with a partner. Like, what does that look like? Or maybe it ends up being that you don't see a partner in that picture and it's really about yourself. And I think just doing that work is so important to have like a North Star of where you want to be going. And this doesn't just apply to single people. I think people in relationships can learn from this too. Even if you are living with someone, in a relationship with someone, married to someone, you still have to date yourself. You can't be reliant on your partner 24-7. I've learned from Minji's episode, I started putting on perfume and lipstick because I was like, I'm dating myself. I'm doing this for myself. (laughs) You know, I want to look and feel normal for myself. And I really love that piece of advice that she gave just sometimes you for you get lost even in the day-to-day mm-hmm. that you you forget to just like sit down and check in and say how are you doing today huh how are you let's let's talk about how your day has been going <laughs> so i i really love that piece of uh advice but also part of the trend of quarantine absolutely cool is that it are those are our top six we have more but those are our top six we actually combined a few of them too these are the six that we've been talking about we also have some killer predictions for the future of how dating will forever change but we'll get to that on another episode i just i want to say like my closing remark on this just talking about trends is everyone's going to come out of quarantine feeling like a different person Mm -hmm. like a (laughs) 2.0 look at me but historically you'll see that societal uh, trends are people always fall back to the status Mm. quo i mean things are going to go back to the same with the swiping and and how people used to date what i would challenge everyone is to just hang on to that one percent change just one percent of something except the fact that whatever you're feeling right now it probably won't stay this way forever but at least there's one thing that you can change and that can stick in your love life and let that stick just one thing that's just choose that one thing i love that that was so well said and i'm just gonna leave it at that mic drop (laughs) (laughs) one thing let it be agree let's not take on too much like quarantine when it first started all the hobbies we wanted to do just just take on one (laughs) Mine is bad painting. (laughs) (laughs) One Spanish phrase instead of learning the entire language is good enough. No, but just what? Like, you know, incremental change. That's all we need to really work on. That's it. Love it. Fabulous. That's it for this bonus episode. We'll have way more. So actually, we never stopped. (laughs) We call this off season, but it's actually just a, it's like 10 point, 10 point five or whatever, 10.5 season. We have a really good one with um, Natasha Shandell from Kinda Dating that we're going to air next week. So definitely check that out and stay with us on the off season. We're going to have a lot of really good content. 
And if you would like to be a guest on season 11 or know someone who'd be a really good guest, please reach out to us. Our email's super easy. It's just hello at datablepodcast.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello. Hello there. Hello. And you can also submit at datablepodcast.com slash story. And if you don't have like a story per se, but you have a topic that you either want to speak mm. to or you just are dying to hear someone else talk about, feel free to drop that either in the email or in um, the form on the website too. Fabulous. Well, everyone, please wear a mask. Stay safe. I'll say this again. Wear a fucking mask <laughs> and stay safe, please. For the sake of everyone. So we can get out of this sooner. Okay? Let's understand that. You know, I feel like at the beginning please. of this, we did the like, stay safe, stay dateable, stay safe, six feet apart. But I feel like now we might have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Stay the fuck away from people that's all that's all i have to say but we're gonna wrap this up on a positive note we'll say stay dateable this time we'll say stay dateable but you know what i'm really saying (laughs) here we go stay Stay dateable six feet apart put on your mask fuckers (laughs) the dateable podcast is part of the frolic podcast network find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts want to continue the conversation First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag Stay Dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Mm-hmm.